Hey guys, welcome back. This is Greg here and you got brother Ken and brother Scott with us. Um, I know it's been a while since we've put one up that's, um, that we actually had one put up. So uh, this will be our first one back, I think in about a month, about a month or so. Um, sorry for that breakup. We just had a lot of stuff going on and, um, but we we're gonna dive right back into them. Hopefully get back on a, a schedule again here soon. Um, today we're gonna actually dive into, um, the scripture talks about foot washing, you know, when Jesus washed the disciples feet. Um, but we're going to dive a little bit more in past the act and more into the attitudes today. Um, we're going to dive into, you know, the scripture on foot washing and then kind of how it relates to today and kind of the things that we're losing um, with that attitude, with that servitude that goes along with it. And with that being said, we'll let Ken kick us off. Well, like uh, Greg said, we're glad to be back. Um it's been a while. Like you said, we've had a lot going on. Um, when you start to think about the concept of foot washing, it almost seems like it's a, you know, more of a ceremonial thing for most people. Uh, almost like, you know, communion or something like that. Um, but in all actuality, there's a very deep message behind it. Um, you know, when Christ came, one of the things that he tried to uh, continue to reiterate to his disciples was servitude and serving one another. And um, if we kind of break into where, you know, Jesus started washing our feet, we'll talk about the custom just a little bit. So what happened is, is back before the coming of Christ, um, if someone entered into a home, then and they had wealth or stature, they had a servant, you know, they would have servant slaves is what they were called. Um, and so the, it was the lowest servant of the home who actually would bring water to travelers and give them an opportunity. They could either wash their own feet or they had the choice to have that servant wash their feet. And so this wasn't a high person in the household. It was actually the person who was um, probably the lowest servant of all. If for some reason that servant wasn't able to to do it, then of course the next servant, there was definitely a hierarchy as far as slaves were concerned. But when we start looking at Jesus and the message behind what Jesus was doing, if we'll go to John, the 13th chapter, a little bit of reading to do, but just, you know, bear with us. Um, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And the supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that, the Father had given him all things unto him in his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from the supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel, with the towel wherein he was. So before we go any further, you can imagine how mortified that the disciples actually were. Remember that, you know, the disciples really struggled with, like all of us do, 
uh, position and honor. And, you know, you see them asking who's going to sit on the right hand of God. And, you know, you see them asking who's going to be the greatest among you. And all, all of those things you can see is just definitely the human side of who we are. And all of us right. deal with those things as well. Um, but you can imagine whenever they see Jesus put his garments aside and get down at their feet and begins to wash their feet. Now, remember in another one of the Gospels, too, Jesus pretty much called out Judas. He said, the next one who sups with me is the man, and Judas had his hand in the pot. So, he, you know, everybody knew at that point. Could you imagine, you know, that atmosphere there after Judas has got his hand in the pot and all the rest of them are kind of looking, which, you know, some of them may have not known at all just because they seem to constantly not be uh, aware of what was going on around them. But this is the reason why Peter struggled so much with it. You know, Peter seen, they seen Jesus as the master. They called right. him master. He was a great teacher. They called him rabbi. Um, I mean, you, you see them honoring him, you know, and yet, at the same time, you don't ever see Jesus receiving that. What you see him is constantly giving that honor back to God the Father. And so here he comes to Peter, right? And Peter's struggling. You know, he's just absolutely struggling. In verse John 13 and 6, he said, Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? In a question as if, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Are you really going to wash my feet? You know? And so Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hither. Peter saith to him, Thou shalt never. You know, he was refusing because one reason only. he just seen it as less than. Yeah. That's all he's seen it as. He's seen it as less than. Some people say, well, you know, Peter may think that he was undeserving. Well, there's probably some some truth to that. But yet at the same time, you see the character of Peter feeling like he was pretty deserving at other times. So I'm not sure it was that. This was truly a reputation thing. It was a servant thing, right? And so... He said, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered and said unto him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Jesus is relaying a message here to Peter saying that if you do not let me perform this act to present to you the concept of what true servitude is, in other words, Jesus is saying, if you're not going to be a servant, and I want us to remember this, and it, that's pretty amazing because things kind of been running along that lines about servitude, right? If you're not going to do this and you're not going to be a servant, then you can't have the good parts of me. You know, you know, can you imagine being a disciple and have receiving the gift of healing and receiving the gift of casting out spirits? Think about how elevated they were to other people. These became Jesus's disciples, you know, his yeah. followers. And so, you know... Simon changes his tune mm -hmm. pretty quick. Simon says unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. So now what he's saying is, is this is enough. Mm 
you know, Peter, you're trying to, you know, trying to dive into this thing to where you get it all again, you know, but what he's trying to say is if you want to be a servant, this, this is, this is the beginning, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now he's saying you're all not clean, which means he's going into talking about Judas, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So part of the reason why that we should still wash feet in the church, some people say, oh, it's an act of humility. I agree with that. I mean, it is an act of humility. But at the same time, while you're washing your brother's feet, if it's an expression of servitude or if it's an expression I'm here because I want to show you that that my intentions are to serve you mm -hmm. any way that I can, um, to include some of the most minuscule things that you may need done in your life, or to some of those things that have less honor, I'm still ready to serve you. So Jesus was showing them what I feel is the alpha and the omega which is the very beginning and the very end. The very beginning is servitude. The very end is, you know, being able to reign with Christ in his life, um, not only as a servant to one another, but a servant to him and a servant to the world as well. So this foot washing is all about servitude. It's it's not just ceremonial. And there's one, there's one place... Um, Jesus, you know, tells him, I think it's maybe in this gospel, he said, let's drop down to verse 14. He said, if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do this as I have done to you. So foot washing is very biblical. Um, there's a lot of churches that don't do it anymore. Um the reason being is because it seems so odd to the world. But let's think of the concept. Isn't servitude pretty odd to the world that we live in today? Especially in the world we live in today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So then um, there's, uh, you know, a lot of other scriptures along this lines. I mean, even over in First Timothy, um, one of the qualifications for, you know, taking care of a woman who was a widow is that she had good works and that she brought up her children in the right way and that she lodged strangers. And, and it says, if she has washed the saints' feet. And so, again, it's it's showing how can I serve you, mm -hmm. which w wouldn't it be nice if you just had a foot washing maybe twice a year and that kind of covered our servitude? <laughs> Take but, care of all of it. Yeah, but... I think it's kind of important for us to say that it's it's more like a covenant between one another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I almost feel like, you know, the act, I remember growing up, we used to do feet washings at church, and I'm like, you know, you go home from Sunday morning service, and your parents are like, go clean your feet. You know, before we get to church, this is going to be happening. You know, they want us to embarrass them, I guess, you know. But as I've grown, and I heard it put one time that it's not necessarily the act of the feet washing, it's the act of taking up that towel and being ready to wash at any point. The servitude side of it is, the, is, like you say, is the most important thing of what we're looking at, you know. And, um, and, and there's other cultures still today that believe that the feet are the nastiest, you know, that are the most unclean part of the body that won't, won't even uncover their feet and things like that. But I believe that 
we should always be ready to quote unquote carry the towel, you know, carry the towel and be ready to serve constantly because we are the scripture. I believe it was right before, right? Oh, let me pull it back up. It was right there where you were reading. Uh, let's see where he says, no servant is greater than their Lord. Verse 16. Yep. Yes, as a ser- the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. So, I mean, in a lot of times, you know, we think that, oh, I'm, I'm not doing that. That's too petty of a thing. But, you know, in, in my position at work, that I'm considered what they call a lead man at work, right? So, but I've done everything that my helper's done fourfold probably. And then, but there's also times where I still do that stuff because it's still my job. You know, I can't be, I'm not doing that. It's not my job anymore, but it is my job. You know, it's still, I still have to be, I have to have that attitude that I'm ready to take a step down and do what I have to do. Um, and then I think this is no, no different. You know, I think we have to be ready to serve those people uh, widows, homeless, it doesn't matter who they are or who you think you are. You have to have this attitude and mindset that we're here to serve. We're not slaves anymore. We're, unless you want to consider us, I guess, a slave to Christ, but we're, you know, we are here to serve. Um, saved, not saved, it doesn't matter. That's how we spread. You know, that's how we spread the name of Jesus. And I just thought it was really interesting that the way that they put it was to constantly be ready to carry the towel, you know, pick up the towel and be ready to carry it yeah. constantly. So, I thought that was kind of cool way where they put that. Do you guys think that Jesus did it out of duty? Almost like a discipline, maybe? No, out of duty. Was it his duty to do it? Was his was it his duty to be that example? Why do you think he did it as far as you know well, I mean, I the think- actual act himself? Do you think he was obeying God and doing it's not I'm not trying to it's not a rhetorical question I promise you um but is it you know why did he do it what was what was the reasoning behind him doing that to the disciples I think in the time that they live you know you would never see a Caesar do something like this or a Pharaoh or any, anything of that nature you would never see one of them people to you do wouldn't something see like that. common people in the day we live in right do Pharisees it. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know but I think the reason he did it was to show that I am king this is, you know, I, I'm king of kings, right? But this is this is who I am. This is the kind of king that you have. You know, this is the, this is the well, he, we said it. Uh, he said it right here, what in the scripture? I'll leave it for you to be an example, right? Uh, where was it? I was scrolling back through here. He said. Uh, you know, the only reason, I'll, I'll give you a chance to look for that. The only reason I ask is because I personally feel like that a lot of people do things, um, like this and other things just out of what they feel is like Christian duty. But I don't believe Christ was doing it out of duty. I believe it was an expression from his heart mm-hmm. that he was trying to earnestly teach them to be ready and willing to serve one another because whenever the world seen that, that that's what would make a difference. Because you yeah. think about his life, all he did was serve people. Mm-hmm. And so... I don't, you know, a lot of people do a lot of things. They visit, they take meals to the homeless. They, you know, people um, feed the homeless. People give other people money. And I honestly believe that most of us do that just because we feel like it's Christian duty. Well, what if that came from the very heart of Christ, Mm -hmm. which 
What would be, where was his duty? He, I mean, he was God in the flesh. He yeah. didn't have any duty to fulfill other than just f- doing the Father's will and dying on the cross. No, there, there's something much deeper than just duty here. Right. You know, there's passion there. There's desire there. There's, I, I honestly believe that he was genuinely trying to get the disciples to see that if you don't have this same desire, he didn't get down. In other words, he didn't get down and wash their feet because he had to. Right. He didn't do it because of that. Mm-hmm. He really wanted them to understand their place in him, not in the world, in him. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's where all of us struggle at is where's our place in the world? What are we going to do for God in this world? Where if we concentrate on our place in him, then we're not doing it out of duty. We're doing it out of desire. Right. And there's a difference between duty yeah. and desire. Right. For sure. Well, it's like in it's, it does say verse 15 right there. It says, for I've given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. But I don't think he's talking an example of washing your feet. I almost feel like he's talking about an example of how we should carry ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, me and my wife were talking about this the other day. Um, you know, a lot of people struggle with, with unbelief, you know, or even people that have believed for years and years on end still have that those times where, well, maybe I'm just doing this because I'm trying to be a good person. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe I'm just trying to cross my T's and dot my I's, you know? But then I told her, I said, you know, what's funny to me is, I was thinking about this, been thinking quite a lot about here lately, is um, when they crucified Jesus, you know, all the stuff Jesus had done, all the miracles, the disciples were there for that. They, they witnessed all this stuff. They have their firsthand accounts. It's what we read as the gospel, right? When they crucified Jesus, what did they do? They went back to fishing mm-hmm. as if, that was a passing fad. Like it was over. That part of my life's over for 72 hours. So you got to think, you know, they don't remember. They remember what kind of person Jesus was when he died, but they don't remember the things that Jesus did. Jesus didn't heal people because he wanted, you know, he wasn't there just to heal people. You know, Jesus healed people. A lot of times, if you read when he's healing somebody, it's around people to get their attention. Then he preaches, you know, because that that's what people say. Oh, wow. They see a wonder. They see a sign. But what was quickly lost, that wonder, that sign, it was what he said that had to stick with us. You know what I'm saying? So I think what he's saying about the example is we're not, people are going to forget what you do easily. You know, I can come do all the work you want at your house or whatever. I can do whatever you need me to do. That's going to be easily forgot. What's going to be remembered is how I carried myself when I did it. If I come over to your house, say wiring, you know, Kelby's apartment, and I just have this awful attitude the entire time. That's all going to be forgotten, but you'll remember I'll just next send time. You home. I'll just sit home. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I get fired, right? <laughs> but but the thing is, is you'll remember how I carried myself. Was I begrudgingly coming over there, or did I come over there and just to get the job? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that's what he's talking about. The example is Jesus didn't. It didn't like he hesitated. He said he laid down his supper. He picked up the towel and he went to clean in their feet. That's all it was. There was nothing. He never said anything out of the way. He doesn't. You can obviously tell that he's not in a bad mood, you know, considering he knows the guy's in the room who's about to to sell him out. You know, I think that's a big thing that we have to remember is is, is it's how we do it. It's how we carry ourselves or when we're carrying the towel, not, not necessarily the task at hand, but how we're carried. It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Preston was working with a young boy who was coming to church for a while and he was walking through the woods with him. And they were having this very um, spiritual conversation. And the young boy, I think he's about 11, maybe 12 years old, 
he he looked at Preston and he said, Preston, I may forget the things you do and I may forget the things you say, <clears throat> but I'll never forget how you act. Mm -hmm. Because those things is what leave an impression on yeah. us. You know, we're, it's impossible for us to remember the things that people say and even the things that people do. Um, you know, depending on some of those things, right? If, right? if they're over the top, then we, oh, yeah, I remember that. But after a while, you still forget it. But if you know how someone acts, right, mm -hmm. that's what decides whether or not we want to be around them. Yeah. You know, that's what we make our choices from. And, you know, yeah, I agree with you, Greg. I think the other point about the disciples is I think at that point they were so discouraged, they didn't know what else to do. And that's what happens to us sometimes. When we don't know what else to do, we go back to doing what we knew to do, right. which yeah. was fishing. That's the only thing they knew mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. But they had forgotten that Christ had called them away from that. You know, he's they weren't supposed to be doing that anymore. Um, again, you know, if we go back to the concept of, of service, right, mm -hmm. if there's passion and desire behind the service, people are going to remember that. That's what they're going to remember, the attitude in which it's done. Yeah. It would have been nice to have a photograph of Peter's expression when Jesus knelt down at his feet before he ever even started washing him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was definitely he was definitely mortified, you know. But it also would have been nice to somehow have a camera on Jesus and see how that he responded to Peter and what his facial expression was to Peter as well. Because I think, this is just me, I'm just using my imagination, but I think that when Peter looked into the eyes of Christ and Christ explained to him, Peter, this is not a duty. This is not a duty. You need to understand that this is what's going to make you part of me. This is what's going to make you one of my, my disciples, is to have the passion and the desire to serve other people. Yeah. Um, and it's so easy for most of us in this day and age to pull out when things get tough. That's another concept. I believe there's so much going on with the disciples whenever Christ died. I, I think they just pulled out. I mean, they just, you know, right. I'm, I'm pulling out. I don't know what else am I going to do. I'm mm -hmm. just pulling out. Who knows what to do? It's like we've lost our leader, right? That happens yeah. to some churches today. Pastor dies or resigns or yeah. something like that. The church goes all to pieces. Why? because they're not focused on him instead of man. Yeah. And again, I think that this whole story is more about not just the servitude piece, but the passion and the desire to want to serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talking about uh, the duty versus uh, something coming from your heart. Um, I was thinking back whenever we were talking about tithes, alms and offerings, if you, if you are giving and every time you give, you think, boy, I just gave so-and-so some money and they really needed it. God's really going to bless me this week. <laughs> like that, if that's the only reason why you're doing it, you're just giving money. Away. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's all yeah. you're doing. And it's kind of the same thing. I kind of see it the same thing here. If, if you're just washing feet because you want people to think that you are humble mm -hmm. or you have a servant's heart, well, it's just an empty act. It is. Right? Absolutely. The, and if that's the only time you're serving people, then you've missed the point completely. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, I'm sure we talked about there's a lot of churches out here that don't do this. That doesn't mean that there's not people. I don't think that means that there's not people in those churches that have a servant's heart. Absolutely. Um, 
I don't think that just because you don't do this act, it's it's what you and Greg were talking about, about um, how you carry yourself. Right. Right. If Greg was over at your house and, and working on Kelby's apartment and he was saying the whole time, just every 15 minutes, man, you're going to owe me. Man, you're gonna owe me. He yeah. did. He did you're, tell me you're that. Gonna, <laughs> I actually owed him. Man, look, look, look at all this. Look at all this work I'm doing for you. You're gonna owe me yeah. big time. Right? Yeah. Well, you know that's not really a yeah. not really carrying yourself as a servant's heart, right? Um, and I, I was thinking whenever you were asking, you know, why did Jesus do this? Um, he was a supreme example of servitude. Oh, yeah. yeah, good way to put it. Um, and just as you see down through the Bible. Um, he's the supreme example of how you should carry yourself okay? yeah, and how absolutely. you should serve others. And I think it was just part of who he was. It mm-hmm. wasn't a duty. It wasn't, uh, this is a commandment and you must do this every, twice a year, that type of thing. It was just part of who he was. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, like Greg said, it wasn't a big fanfare. He didn't say, now I'm going to do something that you've never seen someone yeah. like me do before. Get ready for this. Yeah. Right. He just kind of quietly just started doing it. Um, and when you think about, I mean, I think about people who give a lot, who, who I know really have a servant's heart. Typically, a lot of what they do is in the shadows and in the background. Yeah. It's not out in front of people Absolutely. to get a name, right? It's just they just do it because it's who they are. Absolutely. I was thinking when you was talking about that, that, you know, I've always said that water baptism is an outward expression of an inward work. And I think that that definitely applies here. Mm-hmm. That foot washing is nothing more than an outward expression of an inward work. Yeah, I think that, um, I think what's interesting too is like, I keep thinking about what you say about, you know, the, the memorial service for Sister Jane, the secret servant. Mm-hmm. That's that's a hard one. Yeah. Because even when you're giving money, like you say, Scott, like you, when you're doing your alms and offerings and things, when, you, when you're doing that, that's one of the easiest things in my head for the for the enemy to step in and say, "Oh, you're doing this because you're you have the money to give." No, that's not why I'm doing it. There's a hundred projects at my house that I could totally be doing with that money right now. There's all this other stuff I could totally be doing. I'm giving this because they need it more than I do. God gave me, you know, He's blessed me. There's no reason I shouldn't be able to. But that's one of the easiest ways for the enemy to step in and say, "Oh, this is why you're doing this. This is, you know, this this X Y and Z." And he knows what triggers us, you know, and he knows how to pull, the, pull those strings, you know. And uh, I think that, you know, like you said, this was the lowest servant job. This was it. So why wouldn't God go to this extreme? Why wouldn't Jesus take it to that next step? He could have easily refilled their glasses. He could have easily, you know, took their coats, hung their coats, whatever the case may have been. There was plenty of other jobs that you would see servants do at this time that he could have done. But no, he's going to take it to that level. And this is where you're supposed to be. This is your minimum duty is to, is to be this low of a servant. Don't boast yourself up. Don't pick yourself up to the, to the door greeter. You're not a door greeter. You're the person that takes the smallest and the worst task and you do it with a giving heart. You know, we have to be able, and we have to constantly be ready to carry. I keep going back to carrying that towel. It's just, it's, it's just funny to me. You know, you pick up the towel, you got to carry that towel and be ready to work. It doesn't matter how big. I mean, I've, we built this church and I did the wiring for the church, you know, but there was sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to do mud, Ken. I don't, 
I've never done, and I've went through a whole bag of mud for one door. So you tell me how much mud I know how to do, you know, but it, it wasn't the point that I didn't know how to do it. I just, I got to do something, you know, I got to do, I got to carry my weight somehow. Um, so there's just things like that. We have to be ready to serve and, and we'll sit like, well, sister Jane, that secret servant, we can't, it's not about me. It never has been about me. Once you take that, you know, you take that step and you, you get saved and you're, you're walking your life. It, you lost all the me. There is no me anymore. It's all about Jesus, no matter what it is. You know, I've had a, a sorry week, you know, I just, I just, I just laid out for you, you know, and, um, it's been rough mentally. I was sick most of the week and it's, it's been a rough week. But the cool thing about being saved is that I have an outlet. You know, I can vent to my wife. I can vent to whoever. I can try my hardest not to take out my frustrations out on people, you know. But I have an outlet that I can say, Lord, this just isn't going the way it's supposed to be going. And, you know, that servant that we see here getting down and taking on the, the sorriest task, which would be me in this case, comes down and fixes that problem just like he has time and time and time again, you know. And that's, once again, Jesus not even being on the earth physically, you know, but spiritually still doing what Jesus is doing physically in the scripture. And I think that's the huge example, like you say here, we have to be ready to constantly be ready to serve. And I just think it's, it's awesome scripture, just so simple, but it expands so much of who Jesus is, you know. I think if you have the spirit of God that it'll push you, oh, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll lead you to serve. Um, and it, it'll not only will it lead you to serve and push you to serve, but it, it's not like it forces you to serve, but it's kind of like it's married together and you, you just feel that desire again to do it. I, I just can't, you know, I have to keep going back to it's a desire. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think that there are plenty of people who do plenty of things for the wrong reasons. Um, I, now I do believe just to stay balanced that there are plenty of people who do plenty of things for the right reasons as well. Mm -hmm. um, and and if if we don't if we don't see it as desire, you know, as an people who don't have a desire to serve don't look for an opportunity to serve. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know it. Or they're looking for an opportunity to not serve. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know to. To constantly find some way or another to to not have to do it, you know, or to make an excuse, or um, you know, and I th I honestly believe that if there was more servitude in what calls itself Christianity, that the work of God would be much further as far as uh, proselytes go, changing people's lives, wanting to come in. I I think this is an area where sometimes we stand in the door and we hinder people from coming in because we won't go in ourselves because yeah. uh, we won't jump in the pool of servitude the way that we need to. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it, it doesn't matter the, the, the task, how, how meaningless the task may be, you know, here again, I think people get too focused on the fact that he's washing their feet, you know, instead of their hands, he could have very easily washed their hands. But I think people get so focused on that that it's an act of humility that they totally forget that it's it's not just an act of humility. It's it is a covenant. It's a covenant between you and God and between you and your brothers and sisters that I'm going to serve you. Mm -hmm. So I you know again I want to just reiterate I think it's an outward expression 
of an inward work. Oh yeah, I agree. Same like with the baptism. I was sitting here looking up, you know, more things on on the desires of God. And it's funny, everything I can come across, it talks about seeking God. Mm -hmm. That's really God's desire. Like it's God sought us out mm -hmm. and really, I mean, everything that I mean, it goes back Old Testament to New Testament, it's, it's literally about seeking God and you will find me. Um, seek, uh, it says you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart in Jeremiah. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. If we're constantly with that mindset, I think all this stuff comes second nature. You know, um, no matter no matter what the what the task or what whatever the case may be, I just appreciate how you know we serve a God like no other. You know, when is the uh, when is the hero ever laid his life down for the villain in any any action novel or you know whatever case? When has that ever been the case? When has it ever been the fact where he he knows it's coming? You know. Batman doesn't kill himself for, for the Joker. That just don't happen, you know? Um, and it, it's just, that's not the way it works. Nobody lays on their own sword so that people will live that example. And if washing somebody's feet is the least I can do for somebody who laid down their life, you know, like I said before, he could have chose any other task mm -hmm. to show servitude or to show how he wants to be, how he wants to treat us to treat others. There's plenty of things he could have done. Cause he knew he was getting ready to serve that, the ultimate, you know, he was getting ready to be the washing, you know? Um, I think these small tasks for such a short time that we're here are meaningless, you know, and whatever the case may be, the, the ultimate thing is to show God. Cause like we said, the first is saying, you're going to forget what I did. We're going to forget that I came and wired Kelby's apartment. What you're not going to forget is how I jumped. You know what I'm saying? How I came, did I come? holding it over your head, Ken, you're going to owe me or just because I owed a debt, you know, <laughs> how, how did I, how did I carry myself when doing these things? When we wired this place, there was some frustrations going on when we built this church, you know, because there's a lot of moving parts and we did it in three months, you know, that's insane to me. I do houses for a living mostly and that some of them take a year to build a house. So there's a lot of moving parts that we did this. But the fact was we came and we came together for one good cause. And that was the same cause that we should be living daily in our lives, you know, that we should be carrying our towel and living that way to everyone, not just people, the other saints. What's this, there's a scripture you talk, you quote quite often, Ken, I can't remember, I was trying to look it up, um, where it talks about doing good to your brothers or doing especially good to your brothers. Yeah, it says, do well unto all men, but especially those of the household of faith. Right, and I think that's good, that's great. But we also have to, you know, we have to still treat those others as if they're still part of the home, you know, part of the body. And I think that's that's why we should still be doing feet washings, because the the um, the law in the Old Testament wasn't to make these people feel like they were under a slave rule of a god. It was to make them a peculiar people, to set them apart. It's weird in a day and time now for us to wash your feet. That's why we should be doing it because we are still a peculiar people. Even though he, you know, he came to save the Gentiles, which is us, you know, to came to save, to bring us all into that opportunity to come home, we should still be doing the things that set us apart. When we're doing the garbage work, when we're out here, you know, grinding on the, the awful stuff, we should be, have that attitude. We should still be able to carry that attitude that there's something about that guy that's different. 
There's something about the way I had a guy one time, uh, not to get on a tangent, but I had a, uh, a guy helping us. I think it was this time last year, sometime last year. And uh, he had just started working with us and we got to talking about things of God. And he was telling me how he didn't believe in God because there was so many hypocrites and all that jazz. I'm like, whatever. I've heard that story before, you know. And he's like, well, Greg, what makes you any different? I'm like, well, you'll know that I don't say anything out of the way. I don't cuss. I don't, you tell just by, I mean, one physical attribute you can see is I don't cuss. I don't say stuff like that. Um, I don't tear into stuff like that, you know. He goes, there's no way. Like, I'm telling you. Well, my my helper is as not saved as anybody else that I know, you know. And he goes, no, Greg doesn't cuss. Well, then the boss man, Greg doesn't say bad words. You know, they, they kept on and on because they've seen it, because I'm different. I don't have to be a drug using, foul mouth construction worker. That's not who I am. I'm a Christian construction worker. And yes, we are few and far between if you go out on a lot of these job sites, but but I, that's what sets me apart. And that's why people know, I get text messages from contractors. Hey man, my mom or so-and-so's in blah, blah, blah. Can you pray for them? Well, there's a hundred other people we work for. Why are you reaching out? Because they know that I'm a different person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that a lot goes back to just being able to pick up the towel and do it with a smile. You know what I'm saying? That they know I'm different. And I think that's what sets, just like I said, he could have done any kind of job he wanted to do to show servitude or show uh, his desire, example of a desire for us, you know, but he chose the worst. You know, he went far left field instead of keeping it right balanced, you know, and I think that's something that really speaks volumes about who we serve. And I think if we grasp that, that's that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I guess, uh, does anybody have anything else on that? All right. Well, um, sorry to take up so much time on that back part of it. But I guess uh, we will try to get back on schedule, uh, get back on the every two weeks or. So probably try two weeks from today. Yeah, we'll yeah. try to try to get back on a schedule so we can at least be consistent. Uh, I want to apologize again for that because that was. Just a, it was a mass chaos of all kinds of stuff going wrong and well all at the same time, and we just could not get together. Um, but going forward, we are gonna. I'm gonna try to get us another Survey Monkey out um, to our congregation, and I'll try to get a link posted with our um, with the comments on this one once I get it back. And that way, we can try to get some more topics in here. Right now, we're more reaching for Bible study kind of stuff. Um, I'm still trying to get in with some youth uh, to see if we can get a youth one together. Uh, that one's really kind of intrigued me here lately. Uh, we'll do that, and then we'll have we'll just keep going with topics. If you have anything that you want, just please reach out to us. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page. I think it's Victorious Church of God. I think it's Facebook.com forward slash Victorious Church of God. You can Facebook message us there. Um, we all get that, and we can be able to read that and get it to the right people. Um, all that, and then like I said, the Survey Monkey. So be looking for us in the next couple of weeks to get another one out. Um, we're not really sure where or what it'll be on, but we will get you something back. Um, we appreciate all of you that have been here so far. Uh, we ask that you continue to share us in any way that you can. Uh, we are now on um, Spotify, Apple, which would be iTunes podcast. And I have to check again, but I believe we're on Odyssey, which was used to be radio.com. Mm-hmm. I believe we're on there now too. I will check to make sure. Um, this evening and let you know on the next podcast. So we appreciate you. We love you and God bless. See ya. Thank you.